Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. And I'm Paul. Welcome to episode 95. And yes, we've got a great one for you this time. We are going to be reviewing Censor from Prano Bailey Bond, her latest film. And we also have our movie from the vault, 2009's Jennifer's Body. How the hell are you, young sir? Young sir? Yeah, I'm good, dude. Looking forward to this episode, mate. I mean, we we, we played around with a couple of ideas for the main review, and I found this absolute beauty of a movie for one ninety nine on Amazon Prime. Yeah, this is going to be a fun conversation. Um, yeah, really good, mate. What have you been up to? You been watching anything else? Um, I've been watching a couple of things. I finally got round to watching Werewolves Within. Ooh, I mean, I know we're not doing it for our main review, so there must be a reason why, Matt. Tell us. Tell us what you thought about it. I liked it. I liked it. It wasn't as good as Scare Me. It was last yeah. movie, wasn't it? Nowhere near as good as that. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it. The dialogue was great, and there's like some of the shots are brilliant. Um, and it's re- really, really well written. It's just like, it was just a bit, it lagged in the middle a bit for me. It slowed up a little bit. Yeah, it's a, who, it a who's done it with a werewolf. Um, I like this again. The dialogue was quirky, and I thought it might make for. But you're right. After watching Censor and going, I know, I know which one I'd rather like pull apart. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. Well, well worth watching. It's free. It's on it's on Netflix now. So definitely. yeah, I think it'll get a lot of eyes on it, and it seems to be trending quite well at the moment. So, um, by no means is it a bad film at all. I'm not saying it's a bad film. I enjoyed it. However, I think I enjoyed Scare Me More, and I think I think this was going to ramp it up, but it was on a, on a par. But yeah, it was, it was good. It was good. I also rewatched. Um, don't know why I rewatched. <laughs> I rewatched uh, Quiet Place Two. Ooh, what's it yeah. like on a second watch? Yeah, the wife hadn't seen it, so I was like, "We've got to watch it." So I I I purchased it to watch it because I don't think it's streaming anywhere. Um, but yeah, it's. it's cr- Fucking such a good movie again. On the second rewatch, it's just it's just brilliant. I think I love it as much as the first. Um, but yeah, it's great watching that. What about you? What have you been? Uh, what have you been up to? What have you been watching? Oh, so I've still been trying to get through some uh, TV series. So I finished Chucky. Oh bloody yeah! And I have to say, it was so much fucking fun, man. <laughs> Honestly, for anyone who's a fan of like the old Charles Play series and stuff like that, it pulls bits and bobs from every single movie in the franchise and continues the story along. So if you kind of missed a couple at the end, you may not completely like get all the characters and all the references, which is fine because, you know, there is a bit of fan service, but it also continues a great story for someone who wants to just get into Chucky at the same time. It's a fresh new story as well as like embracing the past. It's a real good mix. Um, The kills are absolutely fantastic. So much so that Chucky does a great rundown of all the kills in the series right at the end. <laughs> Self-referential, I love that. Um, definitely continuing for a, for season two. I know it's been, um, we know it's, we've said that it's, it's been picked up for a, a season two and well worth it. Um, deserve, deservedly so. It's really creative, I have to say, and I really enjoyed all the characters and some of the old ones are back. I mean, you know, spoilers, guys. Matt hasn't seen it, but you don't know if he's going to watch it. But uh, three, two, one, out of the room. So Andy Barkley 
is is back um, with his with his uh, babysitter from Charles Play Two as sort of like Chucky assassins, which is pretty quite pretty funny. Jennifer Tilly. Yeah, I saw she come back on, online. Yeah, as Jennifer Tilly again, which is fucking great. Um, and then we get a nice nice ending, um, and we get Tiff. Oh God. So it's it's just really really good fun. There are some uh, some great moments in it. I would recommend watching this. Um, maybe st- bit stretched out, but well, enough. it's good. It's good enough. It's it's well done, and it's got the girl from um, uh, one of the leads. She's from Daybreak. Do you remember her? What we liked in Daybreak, the sort of younger girl who's like real cocky and sweary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's. I might rewatch that series actually. Um, So yeah, watch that. Enough. uh, Watch the latest episode of um, Yellow Jackets. Cool. Which I'm still loving. I'm just now. I'm like. It seemed to hit a point where last, like a bit of a lost moment in my opinion. But I'm thinking the next two episodes. It's only got two to go of this season. They're going to tell me. They're going to tell me some big fucking secrets, man. Because they'd like. There's the the envelope is open. For something big, so I'm looking forward to that. But it still continues to impress me. Cool, excellent stuff. Um, yeah, that's that's it from uh, from the watches. I think we should get onto some lovely little bit of news. Matt, what you got for us? <laughs> I got a couple of bits. Have you seen? Right, there's obviously a couple of new trailers going around. Uh, I think I tagged you in one. Studio six six six. No, no, no. I say, so okay. So uh, we'll go there first, shall we? Studio six six six. Yes, we will. Yes. Uh, the the new <laughs> the new movie starring uh, the Foo Fighters, the whole band, not just Dave mm-hmm. Grohl, the whole Pat band. Smear, Dave Grohl, Taylor Hawkins, and the other two that no one remembers their names. <laughs> it's funny because I'm reading the um, autobiography at the moment. Is yeah. that came? Out. I got it for Christmas, and there he calls his studio. Studio 606. Oh, right, okay. It's quite funny. But this looks really good. Like, yeah, it's mad. I was impressed by this trailer. Not done for the sake of it, by the looks of things. Let's get the Foo Fighters on and create a... It looks like We Summon the Dark... Just something... Oh, this Deathgasm. Do you know, there was something like... We a watched, little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that sort of level of production. Evil Dead-ish. There's going to be some good gore. Like, comedy gore. Yeah, they just Maybe like the, Tucker versus Dale sort of styly kind of thing. Yeah, it may. I'm all for this. This looks fun. Yeah. We're definitely if we can pick this up and and run with it when it comes out, we'll definitely be reviewing this. I mean, I'm a I'm a big Foo Fighters fan, so yeah, excited yeah. for that one. It looks really really good. And then there's the other trailer that obviously we've got to talk about is Ty West's new film X. Oh yeah. my god. I mean, I love Ty West movies, man. You know, we've, we've reviewed, you know, one on the podcast before. And I just, I think he's an amazing director. But to have A24 backing him as well, shit the bed. I mean, it's got, straight away, it's got like Texas Chainsaw vibes written all over it. But then it's just, it just looks fucking mental. What do you think? Yeah, I was a bit blown away from it. Like, um, it looked like something I haven't seen in a while. It's mm. got that real, I don't know, it looked quite unique. But I like 24, mate, it's going to be, it's going to be weird as fuck, isn't it? And I saw the weird. I mean, it's basically a movie, that, from what we can gather from the trailer, 
and they're making a porno in mm. somebody's uh in the middle of nowhere obviously someone's barn that they're not telling and there's something not right with the lady of the house the farmer's wife and i think we get a little bit of a uh a, mur- a bit of a murder spree or something kind of some kind of like new new a nuance Slasher, but it stars Britney Snows in the Pitch Perfect sort of franchise. It's also got, I can't remember, forgive me, I forget her name, if you can pull it up, is the girl that was in The Babysitter 2. Yeah, General Ortega. She was fantastic in that. That's it, yeah. Like, she's, in, she's been in a couple of like horror-based things, hasn't she, lately? Well, she's also in Scream. Oh, the new one? Yeah, she's also ah, in the trailer. Oh, yeah, she's the one who picks she up is. the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's so, loads of horror, man. She's gone a long way since Kids TV. But yeah, I'm looking well forward to that. A24 all over that, mate. You know? Yeah. I mean, Hereditary, Midsummer. you know, we love A24. So this one is uh, definitely... Oh, my God. Love his films. Well, I just ha- bought a... House of the Devil VHS. You know, House of the Devil VHS, mate. I just bought one of his movies called The Sacrament that I really want to watch. I haven't watched it yet. And I've got it on DVD because I can't find it streaming. So I bought it on like eBay for like two pounds. But it's meant to be a fucking awesome film. Your job this year is to get. Yes, Matt. OK, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, your job <laughs> this year, Mr. 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 Kartner, is to go off and find Ty West and uh, let's see if we can sit down and have a chat with him. I fucking wish. <laughs> I wish. We'll see. But if you know anybody's contact details who want to come on the show, just give us an email at drawonelastbreathpod at hotmail.com. <laughs> anyway, you got any news? What have you that got? Was kind of, it was mainly around the trailers, those two trailers, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I did see a little bit um, around a new horror movie called All Fun and Games. Okay. Um, which is sort of coming, I think, looks like it's coming from the Russo Brothers production Ooh. network. Um, but it's starring, this is quite interesting, it's starring Aza Butterfield, obviously yeah. from Sex Education, Endless Game, stuff like that. And it also stars Natalia Dyer, obviously played Nancy from uh, Strange Things. Oh, yeah, Stranger Things. Yeah, so you've got another, She's she's been in a good couple of movies, mate, so I'm quite looking forward to that. She should be an interesting, I mean, it's not much of a synopsis, synopsis, this there's not much of a synopsis apart from like the movie follows a group of siblings who find themselves in a game with a demonic twist. Sounds a bit ready or not to me. Mm, could be. Love ready or not. That's great. <laughs> I want to rewatch that as well. Speaking of which, ready or not is on uh, Disney Plus. Oh, is it? Yes. It's a stream. Oh, yeah, you can rewatch it. <laughs> Brilliant. That's good. Um, you got any other bits of news before I babble on? Go babble on. What you got? I've seen a picture. They're bringing out Stranger Things Brickheads from Lego. Eleven and a Demogorgon. Looks fucking quite cool. I do, like pictures. The, I do like the Brickheads series. They're pretty cool, aren't they? I've got some of the Halloween ones. Um, also, um, I don't know if you've seen any news. There was uh, a little bit of update on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Well, not remake, or new film. Um, I'm going to read a little blurb from um, bloodydisgusting.com. Um, last year, Netflix made the surprise announcement that Fede Alvarez will be uh, produced Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a sequel to Toby Hooper's original classic. It will be slicing its way onto the streaming service on February 18th, 2022. So not oh, that's, quite, that's quite soon. Yeah, and we've been since provided 
with a teaser trailer and a couple of images. Today brings a new image, particularly exciting. The new movie is uh, decades later, sequel only to Toby Hooper's original Texas Chainsaw, with the original actress, Olwyn Fleur, Mandy, taking over the iconic role as Sally from the late Man in Burns, courtesy of USA Today. Preview, Sally returning below. There's a picture of her. So after nearly 50 years, she's returning to terror, is returning to terrorise a new group of young friends. So that's pretty crazy, man. They're bringing back like old cast members of the, the original. So that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. Seems to be the fashionable thing to do at the moment, you know, get yeah. all the oldies working. Should be, I just hope it's, I hope it's good. I hope it's good. And my final little bit of news. Have you seen the new pin from Mr. Alley Cat Graphics? I have. John's new pin. I've made an order. Yeah, you got a purchase coming up, yeah? Yep. So it's a brilliant, brilliant, another pin. He's knocked out apart with this one. Halloween 3, the free masks. Yeah. Fucking superb. Go yeah, and order it. Absolutely incredible season. I love that movie. That movie is so fucking weird and so random that it's in, it's sort of in the Halloween pantheon and stuff like that. But yeah, so much comes from that movie, including that wacky, wacky theme tune. So yeah, well done, John. <laughs> yeah, go and get it. It's on Alley Cat Graphics. So go buy one. Excellent. Well, that's all the news we've got. Shall we move on to our main review? This depiction is dangerous. Come on, ain't it? I'm cutting it. Butchery, sadism, murder. A wave of depraved and corrupt horror video. Confusing fiction with reality. Doug Smart, producer, ident investment films. Maybe Enid could watch my latest Frederick North submission. Wanted a woman's eye on this film. This episode's main review is called Censor. Here's a little uh, little synopsis for you. After viewing a strangely familiar video nasty, Enid, a film censor, sets out to solve the past mystery of her sister's disappearance, embarking on a quest that dissolves the line between fiction and reality. I mean, that's a bit of a weird one. Okay, this movie is basically about, the, almost about the BB, BBFC in the fucking 80s when... They were banning video nasties. This is about the people that did that work, um, took on the the champion job job role of literally dissecting every movie that came in, pulling, it, yeah. pulling it apart and sending it back and banning them, uh, only for them to end up under the counter of uh, your local video store. What a fucking world to live in where you've got to go into a video shop and say, oh, have you got kind of roller cost or something like that? Like some dodgy porno movie. Fucking great. <laughs> um, this was really interesting for me. Uh, what did you What did you think about it after I obviously pushed you into watching it? I don't know with this one. I think we might be divided. It's such a strange movie, which is not a bad thing. I just don't know if I liked it or not. I think oh, the, sub, the subject matter is very interesting. I find really, really interesting. And we'll get into that. But I just don't know if I liked it as a film, as as in whole. And I might be the first person that said that because I've seen all people just raving 
absolute raving reviews of this movie. Um, and it was shown at Fright Fest as well, wasn't it, um, last year? Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know, but I think I need to talk about it because I've not spoke to anybody about it because I think you're probably the only person I know that's watched it. Well, let me, okay, well, let me get started on it. I mean, first, like you're right, the subject matter is for me all immediately intriguing. Um, it's like a really fascinating look into the censorship of video nasties in the 80s, which is really sort of close to my heart. Um, in buying some of the band ones that sort of got re-released le- later, um, having not lived in the era and appreciating the sort of this this level of band movies is just exciting. But to watch the way that it was filmed, I thought was so really interesting. It's so it's almost like the lens cap that they put on it was that to to show you all the palette and all the tones that were from that era. You got to watch Neve Algar, who's um, the main is plays the main title role of Enid Enid Baines, and you got to watch her sort of almost impassively watch these movies and just literally take notes and saying that's coming out. And she's sort of re- she she seems really into her job. She's just um, doesn't seem to be phased by what's on the screen. And we yeah. got to see some of these things on the old on an old TV box. Um, and it's really interesting. I mean, some of them, some of the movies are real, some of the movies are fake. Um, I like the way that something they put together. Uh, and it was just, I think she's like the the thing is she's like, she sees it as a job to do, doesn't she? She where she's like, basically, this is my job. I've got to do it as efficiently as possible. It's whether she's dissecting the the actual what's going on to what what she should be doing like ticking boxes of what's wrong and what is wrong and it's like she's so focused on her work she hardly notices the actual film yeah That's what i mean exactly mm. um exactly right and it doesn't really sort of go down it sort of starts to go and i think some something some stuff's happened to her in the past so we get these sort of um moments where she is sort of focused on a on a on a moment in time of her sister, you know. Um, something's happened to them when she was younger. Sister's obviously wandered off in the woods, and she was there when it happened, and she's never been seen again. And she starts to see her in the movies that she's watching. It's almost as if like it's been you get to get the feeling that it ends up being it was end up being like a sort of mission for her, um, where she sort of starts to see her sister pop up in these sort of almost snuff movies some of them and she's sort of tracking tracking her and um trying to find the directors and stuff like that that's the sort of way the story sort of mainly unfolds and i thought that was a really sort of like interesting where she's along with that you get this whole um i don't this was sort of a weird thing because it was overlaid with the main plot but it didn't really make that much sense is that she let one through so mm-hmm. They let they let a movie through, and it was one of the ones that she did, and maybe it should have got banned. And somebody watched it. It's that whole unfortunate Jamie Bolger moment where you know they watch movie and the movies get blamed for the you know for the serial killer that's or the killing that's actually taking place. But then they did. They obviously focused on the fact of the case that you're talking about. The the man claims that he couldn't remember doing anything, and the fact that he he was in some sort of trance, which kind of marries up kind of what situation she gets into kind of yeah it which it's like is there something out there that's doing this to people's sub like without them knowing because they're watching these movies 
um, it, it, bro- it, it breaches the kind of like the subject of, yeah, if you watch these movies, are you going to go out and do this shit? If you watch these movies time and time and time again, do they turn you into psycho or don't they? Yeah. Or is it in your head or is it not? Yeah, and considering the the character of Enid, like, is so impassive at the start, and like, you know, she's literally not being affected. These movies treat them very much like, you know, like this job, and then suddenly it's watching. It's when she almost gets the public eye, people ringing her on the phone. What do you thought that was quite funny? Because obviously, (laughs) um, you you know, phones are are ex-directory are to a certain degree, but at a point, you could pick any number from a yellow pages and ring them up so mm. if, you knew, if you knew her name she could just get loads of like bastardized phone calls and calling her a bitch and all sorts of stuff mm. and that was sort of what was happening which was quite interesting but i like some of the shots i like the the way that they filmed some of the video nasties that you saw well that was pretty cool you got to, that's where almost the gore and the grossness comes from yeah. it. it makes you feel a little bit uneasy when she's being followed home in the subways those scenes are pretty pretty mm. creepy and for some random reason she just walked into the dark there's like some scenes right where where she's walking home from work like the subway bit where she's walking down the subway and she thinks she sees her sister um it's almost like it's weird i don't know if it's intentional and i'd like to find out if it isn't or not i don't know how it would but um there's a um a film called possession with sam neill in it and there's a there's a famous subway scene really famous um scene where this woman's like almost possessed in a subway it's mental but like the sisters wearing almost the exact same kind of dress and it's all all the same kind of subway i really want to know i would really be interested if that's a, a, a complete lift from that movie as a like a nod but i don't know but but regardless of that it's always nice to see old uh michael smiley turn up though isn't it yeah, it's a really sort of one of the. This is where the sort of story, the story turns, I suppose. When we sort of follow, she sort of tries to follow his career after watching one of his movies. It's He's such a, a sleazy, like yeah. horror director, but like extreme horror director, kind of sleazy. Right. Just. He's a ten percent or anything. Like Michael Smiley, when he turns up, he like makes the film ten percent better because he's just. He's just horrible, isn't he? He's like great. Ooh. Yeah, he's great in Kill List. I don't know, man. It's like that sort of thing. Oh, yeah, Kill List. Brilliant. Brilliant but it's the first time we see her rattled after watching this movie called Don't Go in the Church. Um, <laughs> and it's just like this axe swinging is like visceral um, against like um, the sort of prota- the protagonist or whatever. And it's like uh, she gets a bit startled when she sees almost she thinks she sees a sister go into the church. The sister follow the other sister follows in and just starts hacking at her and that's like a quite a gory very gory scene that she's sort of almost like oh fuck is this my sister is she dead what's going on um that's the point isn't it where she's like no this is definitely linked to my sister and yeah. then where she thinks or she thinks that it's definitely like this is this is the, that director saying you know i've got the answers to to everything that you don't know about i know where your sister is you know, this is the film I'm making it, and this is going to be the last feature that she's in, or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, really, then, really strange. I was thinking, like, do they get to like mix up their day with like you know comedy movies? They must have to like look at every movie that's and rate it. Yeah, 
I mean, I love movies. As, you know, these sorts of movies as much as the next person. I was thinking, can I get a job at BBB? You <laughs> could never get a job because you'd be like, going past. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. you know, this was an age where it was just like, they were obviously just like sending things back and getting it cut. Like, too much of this, too much of that. And it's hard for people to make films like this. It's just like, but it captures that really well, I think. And yeah, and it is that determined of thing of what's right and what's wrong. How much did you cut out, and how much did you do, and how if you let one slip, there might be something that happens. But that's the nature of it, isn't it? I thought it was a nice touch with going into the video shop, you know, and like her being in the job that she's in, um, sort of pretty much knows every title of every video nasty, and sort of <laughs> she wasn't being the inspector; she was trying to get a copy of uh, a movie and obviously you get that the uneasiness of the guy behind him oh should i really give him he's like oh, fuck, come on i know i know I, i've watched this i've seen the scene this scene or that scene and it's like fucking hell love <laughs> fair enough is is a cool sick <laughs> yeah and she, she just inspects it through that lens of seeing her sister um we, we've got to talk about that bit where she goes to the director's house well, not the director it's the producer's house isn't yeah, it yeah Doug, Doug's Doug's name is. Yeah, because um, that, that was a nice little surprise. Uh, you know, spoilers, we're going to talk some spoilers, but why well, we spoiled it all the way through anyway. But um, yeah, his death, pretty fucking gruesome. Fucking great. I thought the that was spot on. He was obviously thinking he's going to get his end away. Yeah. Um, weird little blo- weird little bloke. Um, and she he accidentally well, ac- accidentally slips over <laughs> and ends up with his head impaled on a on a on a ward that he won. Which is nice. It goes through the back of his head and through his mouth, and he's get this great gurgling blood. Oh, it's a really good death. I really sort of yeah, it's quite cool. Yeah, quite surprising. Was... Yeah, she quite... looked she looked pretty vindicated. I thought like after she'd done that, she didn't really see many remorse. It was like, oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and then she's pretty much on that on that road after that. She's like, right, I'm going to go and find the bloody production. Um. The production location, and she sort of turns up into this really spooky um, sort of area um, with this really weird middle of the words um, makeup artist is there, and she's like, "Yeah," and she suddenly's like, "Right, I guess the only way that I can do this is going to be in the movie to <laughs> to get to meet the director, the famous director that she wants to meet." And then she's she's sort of in a bit of a this is where it sort of crosses between like. You know, reality and 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 fantasy, I suppose. It's like if mm. she is she, what is she seeing? She's in sort of a weird little trance, I guess, at the moment. Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. It's just it's a really weird one. It's like, you know, is she hallucinating? Is she like completely like not? You know, is she removed from us? I just, I mean, she's obviously like massively grief-stricken she's got all this kind of guilt on her shoulders that her sister's missing because it's her fault and and you know her parents blame her but not do you know what i mean because they don't tell her this but she still thinks it. and it's just like i don't know she just obviously wants to find out the truth and find out what's going on and reunite with her sister and this there's, there's this just a whole sequence that's really fucking weird yeah, she's sort of driving this by creating almost her own snuff movie in her head. Um, but 
the sequences that are happening, you know, are pretty, well, they're real to everyone else around it. I mean, you've got, she's sort of in amongst uh, uh, the movie that's happening and the director who's sort of giving direction, but it's very empowering. And suddenly when it kind of, when it flits to the reality of what she ends up doing to that guy uh, with the axe, it's just like, because in her yeah. head, she's thinking she's saving her sister, right? Yeah, that's what I kind of get. And she's, and then she's, she's not. It's like, you, you know that she's on a movie set. Then mm. it sort of switches back and forth between the, you know, their reactions to her literally going to town on this fucking guy. And then the fact that, oh, no, I'm not, what are you talking about? I'm not your sister and all this sort of stuff running through the woods after her. Um, and it, and then her sort of misty eyes. She, doesn't she take the, sister with her yeah she she obviously in her head she's hugging her sister and kind of reunited with her and she's like oh my god i found you and her sister's all happy and but the really i did quite like this bit with the bit where she obviously like kidnaps her and then obviously takes her back to her parents to show her that she's found but literally it's flittering between the reality and her world and literally the woman's going, oh, my God, she's she did that me. She's crazy. And then quickly splits back to her going, oh, it's all beautiful. Yeah, like it's all great. Fucking rainbows and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And it reminds me a bit like a bit, the kind of a bit like the the, the end of St. Maud. Mm. Spoilers. Uh, don't listen anymore. If you haven't seen St. Maud. St. Maud. But that bit at the end where reality versus, you know, what? They're thinking in their head, kind of thing. It was. Um, I thought it was really like a real clever way to do it. It was. Yeah. I would have definitely loved if this was, a, you know, fright fest. I would have. Give, this would have given me a, a bit of a. Yeah. It was. It was a. It was definitely a clapping moment. I thought for me. I, I, I liked the journey. I liked her character. I thought she was an incredible actress, and I liked the way it was shot. I liked some of the really crazy deaths, the blood, the gore. Um, the way it was shot, all the geeky stuff and the music through it. Yeah, it, this one really sort of like, I was like, yeah, I didn't falter. I was like, mm-hmm. this, this was really good. I really enjoyed this one. Mm. I, I, I did enjoy it. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you, just because for me, it just, that middle, it just slowed down and it was such a, and don't, don't get me wrong, I don't mind a slow burn, but it was just a bit too slow to get to the point and, and that, for me personally, I, I that's that it just falls a little bit for that. But not, you know, say it's not a bad film. I don't think it's bad. I really enjoyed it. The subject's really interesting. It's weird as fuck, and I love weird as fuck movies. And and I can't wait to see like what's next from the director. So you know, because obviously they've got lots of praise on this. Um, and I think it's she's obviously got like some really good ideas. So yeah. Brilliant! I'd love to see some more. What would you rate this if you had to be asked oh. on a podcast? <laughs> I'd probably go for me. It's probably like a six breaths out of ten for me. Okay, I'd say. I'd say maybe I need to rewatch it. I don't know. For me, it's um, an eight pushing a nine. Ooh. I really, really, really like this one. Maybe it's because I've just uh, there's so much hype. I've seen so much hype around the film. Maybe I was just expecting a bit too much. Maybe I should have gone in with a bit lower expectations. I don't know. I don't know. But no, yeah, that's fair I enough. suppose with me, I went in, didn't even, I just saw 
I don't even know how I come across this one, to be honest. Hmm. Don't remember. Someone don't know. We've, we've spoke about it before, definitely. Okay. But yeah, I'm glad it was like it was a nice cheap buy on uh, Amazon Prime one ninety nine. So if oh, you're yeah. you're giving it an eight nine, if I'm giving it eight nine, you're giving it six. We'll give it a a draw on last breath seven. That's seven fair. Out of 10. That's fair. That's not bad, but yeah, this one for me, I I, I really enjoyed it, and I definitely definitely like to watch it again. It's fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> right on to that's our first movie review for twenty twenty two. Our next movie. Um, it's a little, little movie called Scream <laughs> that we're going to be watching in a couple of weeks. Can't fucking wait. Can't wait for this. We've got our tickets booked and we will be discussing that on the next episode. Cannot bloody wait. I haven't seen any early reviews, so. I'm staying away, mate. Keep in stern. But yeah, come back on the next episode to listen to what we think about Scream. It's a Scream, baby! <laughs> Alright, cool. Right then, let's get on to our movie from the vault. You and me are going out tonight. Wear something cute, okay? You always do what Jennifer tells you to do. It's just that I like the same things that she likes. Hey, Jennifer. You look really pretty. By my place. That was random. This isn't really your house, is it? We can play mommy and daddy. No way. We always share your bed when we have slumber parties. Jennifer's evil. I know. No, I mean, she's actually evil. Not high school evil. really cute to me lately. How is he tasting these days? You are never a good friend. You could have anybody that you want. I chip. You're killing people. No, I'm killing boys. Are you scared? I you only murder boys. I go both ways. I will finish you if I have to. Okay. You can barely finish gym class. So this movie from The Vault is 2009's movie starring Megan Fox. It's Jennifer's Body. So, I looked up all the plots online and they're all fucking shit. Really are. So, I'm not going to do a plot synopsis on this. We're just going to start chatting about it because I'm just going to go out there and say this was fucking awesome watching this game. Right, um, I could give it a little go. So, a uh, young teenage girl gets um, turned into a succubus. Well, mm, apparently. <laughs> but there's there's loads of different things. This is why this film's so good, because there's no right answer. It's layered. It's an, intru- an interesting movie. So you've got, like, this this kind of really kind of cool dynamic. It's about, this film's about kind of, relationships and acceptance and you know 
all different. There's all different things because I, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole with it and stuff. So anyway, let's just get into it. So this this movie is directed by Karen Kasama. Obviously, she's done quite a lot of TV. Uh, invitation uh tv outsiders she's done your favorite thing at the moment yellow jackets she's done the, uh, an episode of that which is cool and it's written by diablo cody uh diablo cody wrote um juno tully she's done a couple of other things she's written a book um she's a really interesting writer i think anyway um and obviously it stars megan fox and amanda siegfried um and you've got a couple of people that show up in this which is brilliant adam brody from the oc do you remember that Yep. <laughs> Crazy. Um and 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 the loads of other people. Um that that but with this movie it's Well yeah, you get what did you say? Did you say Chris sorry, did you say Chris Pratt? Wow, well, he turns up for about two seconds hardly worth a mention, he, is he? he? Well JK Simmons is in it as well. Yeah. Again, I wanna get onto his character later. Um but yeah, I mean when I first saw this movie I think I I went to cinema watch this and it was a really really limited run, um, and I I don't think I I enjoyed it, but no way did I enjoy it as much as I watched it this time. I don't know whether I just matured a bit since then, um, but it's fucking awesome. I fucking love this movie. What about you? Well, I remember when this movie came out. There was a lot of hype around it. It was all around Megan Fox um, swimming in a in a lake. Um, and Pete and the paparazzi trying to get a, uh, a picture of her, uh, tits. Oh, really? There was a lot of that. That's the, that's the thing that was surrounding this. So this movie was just like already, um, as a young horny boy was around like another over sexualized sort of performance by Megan Fox. That's kind of what you went in at. Now I know that I did, I definitely watched it the first time with probably that lens. Coming back to it now, um, I'm like, fuck. I didn't remember half of it. And I'm like, I'm, you, I must have literally just been, yeah, have been fast forwarding it if I could. I don't know. But like, but see, I, didn't, I, I went in there with a horror head on. I didn't go in there as a, I mean, obviously Megan it was huge at the time when we were that age. What, how old were we in 2009? It's during the Transformers time. You know, well, yeah, whole... I know, but it, she was huge. She was in every lads magazines that don't really <laughs> exist nowadays, but she was in everything like FHM, Zoo Nuts, uh, you know, all over the internet, she was marketed as literally just like a body that everybody yeah. loved. That's how she was, wasn't she? Let's be honest. Agreed. But there's so much more to this movie. Mm. And I think she does an absolutely outstanding performance in this, as well as like Needy, you know, um, Amanda Seyfried. Yeah. The two of them together are absolutely fantastic. And obviously there's a lot of uh, again, like like with uh, Wild Things, it's like, mm. oh no, there's another couple of young actresses having a lesbian kiss. You know, that was the thing. But moving past all that, removing, and the the movie is focused on their relationship and um, it is a coming of age, exploring their sex, you know, the young person's sexuality, but like with a very, actually quite a mature head on it, and once you sort of listen to all the dialogue and and sort of watch it back and understand all like the quirks and stuff like that um it's it's about the sort of especially now with the me too environment movement as well it's about women empowerment you know it's got that sort of this stand on it she you know um what happens at the start of this movie when she goes off in a van with with a young rock band to kind of what we think is going to be 
uh, you know, a horrible date rape scenario. That's so, horrible, isn't it? That bit where yeah. the shot where she's in the van and you're like, oh, that's creepy as fuck. Yeah. Like, it really is creepy and horrible, isn't it? But it, it turns out to be some kind of like <clears throat> killing, which when you get to see later is actually really quite hilarious. Um, and it is a quirky black comedy at, the, at its heart as well, um, as well as getting all these sort of like feminist tones over it. And it's her revenge on, uh, you know, on men's desires, I guess. So, yeah, to a certain amount. Uh, yeah, definitely. And, and also, I think it's also about toxic relationships, isn't it? Like the relationship between them is they're supposed to be so tight. But in fact, they're very far removed from each other. Yeah, where she's well, where Jennifer is not like, a healthy relationship. <laughs> the hot one. They are definitely like being relation. You know, they're what do they say sandbox friends. So they're friends forever. Um, but she is like a hot flag girl, which is quite interesting. Not a cheerleader, a flag girl. Um, but they they have this like intimate love for each other at the same time. And there's definitely some stuff that's happened in the past. Sleepovers, exploring the people. You know, there's that sort of thing. It's interesting that needy out of the two is the one with the the boyfriend as well um mm. even though she's like bred as the the dorky one which is quite interesting um although and not, although she gets confident as the movie goes and what's quite interesting is that we i forgot this that this how it starts is with her in a mental institution you know kicking the crap out of one of the uh, did you watch the extended version or the theatrical oh i don't know what did i watch it on I watched it on Disney Plus, so I think it was the extended. Cause oh, it's on Disney Plus. It's Disney Plus, so yeah. Oh, cool. So it definitely had bits. That. That, it definitely had bits I hadn't seen before, in terms of like when she was in the. I think there's like five minutes in it. Yeah, but yeah. there's like when she was in the the mental institution or wherever she is in, um, you know the the stuff that was explored with the de- with her with the demon. Obviously, we're skipping right ahead, but I don't really care. Um, the fact that she was bitten at the end of the movie by Jennifer's Jennifer's character, and mm. the fact that the demon went a little bit of the demon went into her. Don't remember any of that. No. Don't remember the hotel room at the end either. So I'm sure there was some extra bits in there. So yeah, that was all really fucking really cool. Like seeing her sort of side of it. When I thought it was all centered around Megan Fox. The Amanda Seyfried character has some very integral parts. Yeah, more it's, so. It's yeah, probably more so, isn't it? It's because it's told the sto- whole story is told from her point of kind of view, um, which is really interesting. Some we've got to talk some of the kills in this. Like one of my favourite kills has got to be um, where she gets the kind of like uh, jock guy to go in the woods, and like all the animals are just standing around watching. <laughs> <laughs> which is really fucking funny um, and then she literally does her face like literally like comes alive and just fucking hacks away at his fucking mid section yeah. which is fucking crazy so I, so I did a um, a little bit of a slow-mo pause on this moment yeah. um, and the CGI that they did for her face is absolutely astounding mm-hmm. the way that they've done that when the moment where her mouth it sort of explodes and rips. You get all this blood splatter as mm, well. Yeah, and it's yeah. like a shot that you wouldn't get to see if you really see that in non-slow-mo. It's really, really... The level of detail is incredible. Mm. Um, and that's... A, but, you know, that's... 
that's yeah that there's some really interesting like one liners and stuff like that that she produces all along the all along the movie. I wrote down one, which is quite funny. It smells like Thai food in here. Have you been fucking? <laughs> I love that line. And I like the way she um, says, oh, use your titties. They're smart bombs. <laughs> yes. Smart it's, bombs. That's the whole thing. It's like, it's embracing their, it's written by a woman. It's embraced, it's really embracing their, their yeah. sort of sexuality in it and sort of. Directed you know. by a woman as well. Yeah. It's, it's really, really cool. Um, play Hello Titty with the barman. That's, that's another <laughs> great line. Just to get a drink. I'm going to go, how are you going to get served? I'm going to go and play Hello Titty with the barman. Um, she's fucking Chris Pratt, who's like a, um, I don't know, young. She shows kid. up for like two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I like the where she's like, he's into uh, something like he's into faggot rock, um, and I have a bigger cock than he does. <laughs> yeah, there's that, and then she's then they she's, then they start talking about her because she was like, come see the band, and they're trying to work out if she's a virgin, and she's not actually a virgin. She's I'm not even a backdoor virgin, thanks to Roman. <laughs> it's like. There's another like a throwaway comment. It's like what? Yeah. But but why? Okay, so here's an interesting thing. The, st- the whole start of this is the fact that the bar catches on fire, and it sort of starts almost like a a Heather's um, uh, storyline. You know, where sort of like everyone's mourning. Uh, you know, yeah. so that are dying, and it's sort of like that was quite interesting. But why the fuck does the bar start on fire? <laughs> well, no, I, I can't even remember. Uh, but yeah, it's so that's so clever that bit. There's one shot that I think is cool when you were just talking about the whole kind of schools down because people are dying and there's just been this fire and this is an emotional song that's that's played about fifty times throughout the whole movie. <clears throat> but there's a beautiful shot where Jennifer's walking down the hallway and she's all lit up, she's like happy, she's radiant and everything around is like black and white. I love that bit. Yeah, like, they're all they're all in like this grey sort of yeah. that they've been put well, on. She's in pink and she just looks absolutely like what's going on? I don't really get around it. And there's that sort of almost mean girls nineties like that sort of mid two thousands comedy feel about it where but, uh, but it's also teamed up with that dark side of like I I would say like ginger snaps. Yeah. It's so, mean girls. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that relationship between the two. I know they're not sisters, even though they say they say they're like like sisters. But it's it's got that vibe. But that that whole era is encapsulated in this movie. So many fucking flip phones over the place. So much emo rock all over the place. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, and there's like Fallout Boy, I think, in amongst the soundtrack. Yeah, posters. Well, I mean, there was also some interesting um, stickers and stuff like so. I, I soundtrack's try- pretty cool, actually. Soundtrack is very cool. Gallows was sort of like there's a Gallows sticker and stuff like that as well. Yeah, yeah sticker in his room. Um, oh, or her, or Gallows around about that time. That's what I thought. You know, 2009. I thought it was a bit early. Um, but there was definitely some some great music throughout, um, which which is phenomenal. But does she become a siren? We obviously know that she's get, got a bit of the demon in. She turns up in that first night in a fucking absolute bloody mess. Um, yeah, man, that that that's crazy. When she screams at her on the floor, she like she goes, "This wow, that creeped me out." Yeah, like, pukes up all that that weird goo. She's got to clean up. I almost thought at one stage, like, is there something that I've missed? And is she actually here? Is she there? Like, and it's not, and it's all needy. Is that what's happening? But that wasn't what was, <laughs> that wasn't what was happening. She was definitely there. She was definitely doing the killings. 
but I did weird. I think, um, but it did make you think like of a vampire and stuff like that. Yeah, because I like the way as well she gets like she gets like really like starts looking really tired and ill when she's not eaten. Yeah, she she obviously she has to eat boys to rejuvenate, and like she starts looking really tired and haggard, and then as soon as she like like that other kill where she you know the the real sensitive emo kid that she lures to that house and she just fucking murders him and again there's a lovely shot of just a silhouette of her just digging him out and then when they cut back to it she's just scooping his insides out drinking the blood it's fucking sick really really visceral and really (laughs) impressive like level of special effects i really was really very very impressed with that um and it's interesting that obviously the two throughout the movie don't really focus on the tragedy, which is quite interesting. And also the the band, obviously the whole point in this movie and the reason why they kill her, that we find out later, is like um, they're going through this weird um, online cult thing where they've got to um, kill a virgin. That's what they've or got to do. Sacrifice someone. Yeah. And, it, it, and it's like, that's the whole point. That if, if they don't kill a virgin, the, the demon ends up in the body to go on a sort of revenge spree and that's what's happened because she's not actually a virgin but they're still doing it just to get success they and they do and and throughout the throughout the whole um movie uh if you focus on just the band alone Mm. um you get like they are imprinted in the background and the foreground of all this through the oh yeah through the trees. It comes the anthem of the school, doesn't it? I love it when they're doing that little, that little, um, like, vigil, and they're holding the lights, and they're all singing the song. You can't fucking get away from this fucking song. So funny. Did she, at one stage, call the band a bunch of twats or something like that, and then, like, they all, like, fucking call, they could just turn around and call her a cunt or something like that. I don't know. There was some weird thing they they did. Um... Yeah, but I do think the press at the time, important thing, maybe we'll talk about this later, the press ruined this movie concentrating on the sexuality. Yeah, we'll, Even, I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that in a bit, because yeah, I've got about. a lot of big chunk of that is in Matt's facts. Needy gets more confident throughout the movie, which is very cool. Um, Evil Dead t-shirt in the um, infamous, yeah. in the infamous, you know, kiss. And, and a poster. Yeah. My poster, the one I've got literally behind my kiss. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that infamous kiss. I mean, it is goddamn sexy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, by no, by, by no means it is. I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's full on. It's like, it's a, it's a really well done scene. They, they like, it looks, well, it is, it's real as fuck. Um, I think Amanda Siegfried has even said, like, like in quoted interviews that they both, um, kiss in the same kind of way with tongues, so it made it even sexier. It's like it is, it's a full-on great. It's a great shot scene. It's a good, good shot in that scene, it, which is interesting. Is she using her ability to sort of manipulate people? I don't. I don't think it, so. I think she, I, I think that Jennifer is both ways. Yeah, um, I think they're both. I think they've done. They've explored stuff. In the past, that's, that's what I think they, that's hinted at, I think, in that, in that kiss. But obviously, at the same time, she's thinking, what the actual fuck? You, you've just gone, I, I know you've just gone around and yeah, killed I think people. it just dawns on her that she's like, hang on a minute, you just murdered loads of people and eaten loads of boys. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about this yet. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what yeah. she's kind of dealing with. Yeah. And she, she walks off with the Evil Dead t-shirt 
out the window into the night. I would be having that back straight away. But we get to see the sacrifice scene, which is the sacrifice scene itself is quite funny. Yeah. They don't really, they don't really know what they're doing. I mean, there's a great look at Adam Brody's character where one of the band members goes, I don't know if you do it. He says, all right, Troy, or whatever. And he's just like, yeah. behind his back. Dude. <laughs> do you want to be like Maroon, bit, Maroon 5 big? Do you want to earn some of that Adam Levine money? <laughs> like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's just do it. But yeah, that's, that's fucking quality. Um, and then, like, obviously we get to the kind of, like, the kind of ending where... Jennifer's gone for Needy's boyfriend. Well, first before that, there obviously yeah. is, we get the in, infamous like prom, which the, which the band is <laughs> playing. Yeah, again. Can't get <laughs> um, but why is she wearing the most eighties prom? It's hideous, dress? isn't it? It's hideous. Like those big fucking shoulder pads. It's like completely out of time. And that's obviously got to be on touch with her personality, right? But it just felt so out of place. Yeah, I don't know what what was going on with that, but yeah, yeah it's it's funny. It's okay. weird. It was an odd, <laughs> an odd choice. Um, but yeah, that whole I don't know why this is going down that route, but obviously, you know, she's obviously that that she pissed with her friend, um, for almost wanting to knock or not really getting behind her. So she's going after her, her boyfriend, and she's gonna and uh, to to probably one of the best locations, and I think. The, this set, this dressing on this set of this swimming pool was fucking phenomenal. Um, I, feel, I can't remember the guy's name. I think he's actually dead now in real life. But um, it's, what a job. Apparently they took a like a brand new spanking like recreational place and just literally not destroyed it. They just set dressed it all and turned the water a different colour and put all this stuff around. It looks fucking awesome. I thought it was brilliant. It completes, completely sets a tone of like, it's almost like a, it's not, but it's almost like her nest. That's mm-hmm. what it almost feels like. And, yeah, yeah. you know, she's getting in the pool and she's fucking munching on him. And obviously Needy's coming to rescue her boyfriend, who's trying not to cheat, but he's <laughs> definitely having a smooch, you know, but he, he doesn't want to take it any further. But yeah, um, this is quite interesting when you get to almost see the demon powers like uh, levitating and all that. Mm. There's a beautiful line at the end of this as well. And I'm guessing like, um, I don't, I don't know if, if you got a tampon look like you might need plugging. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you have a tampon? You seem like you should be plugging. <laughs> I love that. Line. I, wrote that. <laughs> I wrote that down as well. So I love that line. Great one line. Really good lines. Yeah. Um, so, they obviously have their nepotal fight, um, and then she takes it back to her room, which they're having a full-on fight in the... In, well, she just in... fucking out and kills his, her boyfriend. It's like, he's fucking dead. And then the fucking funniest thing is that she just walks off <laughs> after being stabbed with a, like, pole. She's like, oh, I'm done here. I'm, I've had enough. I'm just going to walk off. So she just yeah. fucking walks out, which is really weird. But this is gets quite dark, I suppose, because you almost like so what we've come to understand is that she is being over possessed by a de- demon and we don't know if she's enjoying it. Looks like she's enjoying being what she is. Mm. But Needy has to kill her. Yeah, she's had, her. she's had enough, hasn't she? She's like, You've overstepped that line now, you've just killed my boyfriend. Um and but, uh, yeah, 
but she's walked in on uh, once she's stabbed her through the heart. I love that bit. I was like the whole levitation, fucking fight. She's slashing her like with this back box cutter. <laughs> Where'd you buy that box cutter? Home Depot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like her mum then comes in and she's just there. So obviously, um, yeah. she's gonna get arrested. Bang to rights. There's no like. You know, everyone's going to think... Because, like, yeah. with the whole necklace falling off, as, like, the necklace comes off, the BFF necklace, and that's it, she comes crashing down and just gets her straight straight through the tit. Yeah. It is a really, really satisfying sort of end, I guess. And then, obviously, then we go back to Needy being in... the sort. Of, it's these sort of end credit scenes afterwards. Mm-hmm. Get a nice cameo from Lance Henriksen as well at mm-hmm. the end. Thanks for spoiling Matt's facts, but there you go. <laughs> Take that uh, one off. <laughs> but like that whole sort of scene where she is c- killing the band, basically. She's going to kill the band. Yeah, I like that little montage bit. I, I mean, I would have loved to see her go to town on uh, Adam Brody because, yeah, he's, he's a dirtbag, isn't he, in this film? <laughs> But yeah. I like I like it. It's kind of cool. It's like a Vegas hotel somewhere, and they're just getting partying, and just you just see like like little kind of shots of them in body bags and drowned in the bath, and he's been fucking stabbed through the heart with his bone knife, boning knife, whatever it is. But yeah, I, like, I quite like that little tie up. Like at the end, it's quite cool. it's quite cool, isn't it? Like revenge. Quite satisfying until she she gets away. She's escaped the mental hospital because, you know, effectively she's a demon, so she can do what the fuck she wants. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's she's kind of inherited some of the powers. Not all of them, but some of them. I don't think she needs to eat people to stay alive, but she's got the, like, super strength and fucking... That's cool, isn't it? I think that's and, very... she can fly and levitate. It's a very cool, very cool ending, actually, to the movie. Really, really, so, really very satisfying and tight. The whole movie yeah. is so cool, and it's really stood up as well. Yeah, really I agree. Stand really stands up. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably all I want to talk about. What mm. I want to hear now is some Matt's facts. Yeah. Um, before I go into that, I want to talk about, well, I will go into Matt's facts straight away. But obviously it's written by Di- Diablo Cody, which originally her name was Brooke Mo- Moreau. So she changed her name because she was kind of bored of not getting noticed. So she changed it to Diablo Cody. And Diablo obviously means devil. And a lot of people have like looked into it and they're like, well, she's written this. It's more about kind of a lot about her life, about being two different people, like the nerdy, quiet one that doesn't get recognized as much. But then when you change your name, she gets recognized and kind of all the shit's happened in her life. It's almost like these two characters are two sides of kind of Diablo Cody, which was, I found really interesting. I thought oh, that gives it a whole different dynamic. Yeah, it's, it's really. I thought that was just really interesting. Um, but yeah, onto the biggest kind of fact. I'll start with that first. The marketing strategy on this film. So the marketing on this film. All of the marketers who did the marketing on this film. I'm going to say it about a thousand times were all male, funnily enough. And really? when when they went into, apparently this is true, because um, this is well-known, like, that happened, went into the marketing thing, right, how are we going to market this film? And they went, three words, they said, 
Megan Fox hot. That's all they said. <laughs> and that's how, and that's, and that's all you saw. And, and that's yeah. how you saw. That's why those leaked photos got out. Um, and this is why it's done so fucking, it flopped. It flopped at cinema. It didn't do well at all. Um, posters got changed. Um, into the original posters, what they wanted was obviously a horror, more horror side of it. They totally changed it to just Megan Fox in skimpy outfits, like with no really horror kind of things on there at all. And Paul's gonna reach one of his covers. Yeah. So that, that's not a bad cover. Do you know why? Because that cover, Paul's showing me the cover of where she's sat in front of the chalkboard, is totally ripped from another uh, uh, slasher movie. Um, called, I can't remember, forgive me for what it's called. So that cover's not so bad. I'll show you my cover that I got on my DVD, which was probably one of the ones they went with. And it's with her, with a cheerleader outfit with a bit of blood on her face with some cheesy quotes around her. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, that's all great. But anyway, so that was, that was the first thing. So when they did a, a pre-show into an audience, right? They, they look at the demographic of what sort of people are going to watch this film. They test it out see what it needs does it need more of this does it need more last does it need this so in the screening apparently more than half of the people in there were like frat boys that they showed it to in 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 the screening when they come out they said how how do you feel about the film what does it need does it need anything more and they said literally most of them said more tits (laughs) do you know what i mean so they're, they're showing it to this these people and this is the, the, the creme a la creme of the marketing crap that these people did. They went to Karen Kusama and said, oh, we want Megan Fox to literally go to um, be on a live chat on an amateur porn site. And this is fucking 100% true. And they were like, no, no way. Absolutely no. They stood their ground. Diablo Cody stood their ground. But we're not going to make her do that. We're not even going to tell her you've even entertained that. <laughs> and that is 100% true from their mouths. That's just a fucking joke. And, and, that just and shows you what the industry is really like or yeah. know, what they're trying to move away from now. Absolutely. But it, this film has obviously now got legs and it's completely different because it's, it's got a lot more eyes on it. It is now, you know, Megan Fox has come out and said that it's one of the best movies I've ever made. Um, it's got so much about it, so much about it. It's so different. It needs to. I be mean, just from the woman that did Jonah Hex and you know Till Death. Uh, uh, yeah, so, you know that's it's Hollywood Shonda because of all the Transformers stuff. You know, because literally she said how um, Michael Bay was uh, Hitler and stuff like that, and then literally he just made her career float away, basically. Well, he um, took her out of the third one, didn't he, and replaced her with. Um, yeah. The, the other model that he basically set over sexualized <laughs> yeah anyway anyway that's that's the negatives from it the uh, positives is it's come out now and it's a major cult movie and it's you know and it's one and it's right come let's let's get on a good bit so obviously we talked about the jaw of um megan fox's character um that was all done with partly prosthetics uh where she wore a kind of fake prosthetic bit of green screen was in there as well they also did some special effects but guess who did the special effects on the prospects? Was it Robert Kurtzman? No, it was Greg Nicotero. Ooh, okay. So our friend that we've met, of course. Um, 
little cameo in there from um, Diablo Cody. She she was the bartender. Cool. Kind of cool. And apparently in real life, she said that day was so boring. She had to wait for 12 hours just for like a two second shot. <laughs> um, originally, the character of Needy, uh, Emma Stone was thought of for the character of Needy. Could have worked. Similar. They definitely probably go up for a lot of similar roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but around about that time as well. Um, obviously, Lance Henderson turned up, another guy that we've met. Um, yeah. That was classic at the end. And a total of 18 kills. Good kill count. Which is quite good because there's a few people got off at the fire and then obviously all the killings and stuff. So yeah, that's my Matt's facts. Awesome. I mean, I really enjoyed this bad boy. What would you... You go first. You go first because I'm obviously loving this film. Nine out of ten for me. Yeah. This is a fucking classic, man, in its own right. This is the thing, like, I'm re-watching it, I'm so glad, it's been on my shelf and I bought it a while back, and I saw it the first time round, um, but, yeah, I think you're right, I think it's, you're you're in a different, it was marketed and everything was different back then, and watching it now, I just implore people to go out and watch it, because it's such a well-written, well-shot, I mean, Megan Fox's best performance by far, um, all round great performances. I've, I just enjoyed the movie so much, and I think everybody should go out and watch it. it was, I didn't know it was on Disney Plus. Good shout, go and watch it. If you got Disney Plus? Why the fuck? Why, why wouldn't you? Yeah, all day, all day, and it's the one hour forty three edition. So exactly, yeah. There you go. Very nine out, nine breaths out of ten for Jennifer's body. Anyway, well, was not enough about that. Of our loving of, of Megan Fox, what have you got for the vault next? Well, talking about, you know, actresses that were, you know, at the prime of being over-sexualized <laughs> in horror. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Well, I thought I needed a companion piece for Scream. So from one slasher to another, we are going to do Prom Night with Jamie Lee Curtis. Ooh, I've seen this one for a while. I've got it on VHS. That's my only copy. So oh, yeah. But I think, I think you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Okay, yeah, I think you're right. I think that might have been where I watched it, possibly. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's available on there, but I'm quite looking forward to this because, again, it's mentioned in the first Scream. Yeah, absolutely. uh, One of Jamie Kennedy's many, many, many rules. Mm. Um, So, yes, very much looking forward to going back and and turning this one over after after watching the new Scream and and seeing, seeing what that's got to offer. Absolutely. Happy about that? Absolutely. Awesome. Well, that's uh, episode 95 done. Moving on to uh, episode 96, we have got an absolute treat. We are going to be watching the latest Scream movie starring the original cast, Neve Campbell, David Arquette, Corny Cox. I can't wait to see this bad boy. And I've just pulled out of the vault another slasher, Prom Night with Jamie Lee Curtis. Cracking job. Well... That's another episode. Thanks for listening, guys. If you want to get in touch, the social media is on at the end. There's only one more thing to say. When there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at DrawOneLast, Instagram at DrawOneLastBreath, or pop us an email at DrawOneLastBreathPod at Hotmail.com.